Welcome to the Power Kid Podcast, the premier and longest running podcast focused on the modern toy and entertainment industry. Power Kid is an award-winning design and development firm, and we are a proud member of the Adventure Media and Events Podcast Network family. Adventure Media is the publisher of your favorite industry publications, including the Toy Book, the Toy Insider, and the Pop Insider. I am your host, Phil Albritton, and I bring you great conversations with talented people making amazing products for kids. Toys, books, games, TV, movies, I bring them to you here every episode. Welcome aboard. Hello, 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 Power Kids, and welcome to another Power Kid podcast. Guys, every week it is my pleasure to come here and share these excellent conversations with you from people from all over the toy and entertainment industry. Today I have Bob Wilkie on the line with me. Let me introduce you to Bob. Bob has dedicated his career to Hobbytown, rising from a franchise owner operator to the president of the company. Hobbytown is the largest brick and mortar retail hobby franchise in the industry with over 120 stores open or under development and locations in 40 states. Founded in 1980, Hobbytown began franchising in 1985 and continues to evolve and innovate the hobby retail environment. The franchise is currently enjoying phenomenal growth in sales and unit profitability. Bob, welcome to the show. Hey, Phil. Thanks for having me on. Such a pleasure to have you on, Bob. I'm really interested in diving into your story. Uh, But the question is always the same at the beginning of the show. How did you get involved in the hobby industry? Well, I probably took a non-traditional path. Um, I grew up in a rural town in central Nebraska with uh, very limited exposure to hobbies. Uh, I always tell people um, the Sears Christmas catalog, the local sporting goods store and the local grocery store were really my exposure to hobbies. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Hobbytown was founded in Lincoln. And for me, that was about a two and a half hour drive from Holdridge. And I was not aware of it till I got out of college. So wish I would have discovered that earlier. <laughs> For sure. What, what was the hobby that got you interested in hobbies in general? Was there a particular category that you really gravitated to? Um, you know, it was really, I guess my first hobby was a model railroad. Um, mm-hmm. I had a layout that I got from the Sears Christmas catalog and uh, built all the scenery and had a lot of fun with that. Give us the history of of Hobbytown. Opened in 1980, began franchising in 1985. What were those early days? Who founded it? And and plug your story in there when you come on the scene into Hobbytown. Okay, sure. Yeah, Hobbytown um, was an independent store in downtown Lincoln, Nebraska that was established back in the 50s. And in 1980, Merle Hayes and Tom Walla came along. Uh, Merle had an existing um, slot car business uh, with a retail store in Lincoln. And Tom had uh, some management experience. He's a, he was a business graduate from the University of Nebraska. And those two uh, partnered up to purchase the original Hobbytown location in Lincoln. And then um, after operating that store for a few years, they had a lot of people asking them about franchising. Mm -hmm. They were interested in opening a similar store. And so that 
it's really what planted the seed for franchising. And in 1985, they incorporated. And in 1986, they opened their first franchise store. That first franchise owner um, is my connection to the franchise. He grew up in the same small town that I did. And um, through friendships and uh, that relationship, I after I graduated from the University of Nebraska, I went out to Colorado Springs where that store was located, intending to just spend the summer out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> that entrepreneurial bug bit me and um, I thought, you know, uh, I can do this. This is fun. I want to open a store. So um, at that time, really, the entire United States was an open footprint. Right, so right. I loved the mountains. I loved Colorado. So uh, my partner and I, we opened in Fort Collins, Colorado. 1988. Fort Collins, Colorado, 1988. What were the challenges of a new hobby store coming into that uh, that environment? Did, did people know who you were? Did you automatically have people lining up at the door or did you have to do a lot of marketing? Tell us about those early days with your store. Yeah. You know, the brand was really in its infancy at that point. So, um, there was not a lot of structure and process to that. So um, the combination of relying on Merle and Tom's experience, my experience in the Colorado Springs store um, kind of pulled it together to just find our way in that first year or two. But, um, you know, of course, as the franchise matured over the years, those systems and processes has developed and it's a lot different today than it was 32 years ago. Absolutely. Absolutely. What were some of your best sellers in those early days? You know, often you'll have a door buster, something that just brings people in. They want to get their hands on the newest, the latest. Um, what were some of the, the sellers that brought people into the store? Yeah. You know, um, even today, same as back then, radio control. Everybody loves mm -hmm. radio control, whether it's airplanes, cars, boats, uh, helicopters, drones. Um, the one thing that was a little different back then was um, the phenomenon with sports cards and buying and selling sports cards. That's kind of died down a little bit yeah. and there seems to be maybe a resurgence. But um, I was really interested in sports and I had a... a football and baseball card collection. And so that category, um, I really dug into that one. And really, um, that became really my passion in the store was the, the sports card collecting and selling. I did not realize that, that Hobby Town uh, sold sports cards. That's very, very interesting. So your business model, is it is it flexible in that you're able to buy and sell whatever is on trend in that moment uh, to keep things fresh? Is that right? Yeah, you know, that's part of, you know, a lot of the innovation in what we sell is born and bred in our franchise stores. Yeah. You know, we have stores that carry uh, billiards, pools, mm -hmm. pool tables, um, stores that we have a store that has a miniature golf in the back of it. Nice. Um, some non-traditional things that you wouldn't think of in a hobby store, but um, when we find something that's successful, um, we'd love to see that duplicated in other stores. Absolutely. So you've got your first franchise and you grow that and, and over time you become the president. Tell us about that path and why did you choose to stay with Hobby Town? What is it about the environment of the Hobby Town business that you love so much? Yeah, well, I wish I could tell you that this was all mapped out in my plan from day one, but that's not the case. 
Bumpy roads make for the best stories, Bob. So this, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, from that time when I opened my franchise store, um, I got engaged and got married and, and my girl is from Lincoln, Nebraska. So uh, that's home. Yes. And we moved back to Lincoln uh, to be closer to family. And um, I went to pick up some supplies at the corporate office and said, hey, I'm thinking about moving back to Lincoln. And uh, they offered me a job immediately. Wow. <laughs> they said, you know, we, we don't have anybody here with franchise ownership experience. We think uh, it would be helpful to have you on board. So, you know, I thought about it for, I don't know, five minutes and said yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I did not expect that to be my long-term career path. But as it turned out, um, as you suggested, I the thing I love about Hobbytown is our core values. I love the people we work with. I love the opportunity we have to make a difference in communities. You know, I always tell people Hobbytown is really an asset to a community. It gives kids and adults a healthy alternative. Absolutely, yes. You know, today everybody's fighting screen time. And I think it really resonates, especially with parents, um, with young children that, hey, this is something that my kids can come in. It's a safe place. They can get involved in activities. They can do hobbies that are, you know, STEM related. Um, they can learn from it. They, they can build community and relationships. So that's the part I really like about it. That's right. And I've, I've always said you can find anything you're looking for at a hobby town, rockets, metal detectors, puzzles. Uh, you're, you're adding to that list in, in this conversation, uh, billiards, uh, trains, RC cars, science, crafts, all of these things that, that a hobby town can offer and even 3D printing and 3D printing supplies for hobbyists. So you have tapped mm -hmm. into that entire spectrum of hobbies. Uh, and it's just, it's just fantastic. And you can always find something, uh, something new to get involved with or support your long term hobby. Is that in the DNA of hobby town to support your customers really wherever they want to start and however deep they want to go? Yeah, it really is in our DNA. And if you really get to the essence of our brand, um, if you want to get technical in the marketing world and our archetype, it's Explorer. Um, mm. People love to come into our store and just explore. Yes. Um, start a hobby, see where it takes them. There's just so many different paths they can go down to once they walk through our doors. That's right. Is that difficult for your franchise owners to know what they should stock. They have a building, they have a limited amount of space, a limited amount of shelf space. They have to be very cognizant of what they buy to maximize the sales in that particular store. How do they determine out of all this cornucopia of hobby supplies out there, how do they decide what to purchase, what to bring into their stores and, uh, and offer to their customers? Yeah, that's a complicated question, and I'll try mm -hmm. to give you as simple of an answer as I can. Sure. Um, we have a point-of-sale system that collects national POS data across our franchise. So that's a tool that they can use to see what's selling in their region or in the across the national footprint. Um, we have relationships with our vendors um, that helps us stay in tune with what the new products are that are coming out. And, you know, the, the big trick, and, and this is how retail has evolved so much, you know, in this internet age, um, is people shop differently. 
uh, brick and mortar retailers have to stock differently. Uh, and it's a real challenge because life cycles on products have shrunk, especially yes. in the hobby industry. Yes. Um, so gauging how much you need to stock at any given time because there's so much seasonality to certain products. It's a real challenge. And uh, our focus is just continuing to develop a point of sale system and an inventory management tool that automates a lot of that. You know, I always say you can systematize the predictable, but you have to humanize the exceptional. Mm, that's great. And that's and that's how, you know, as a franchise owner operator, you, you kind of have to learn that there's an art and science to what you buy and how you stock your store. Absolutely. What have been some of the top best selling products of the past five years and, and maybe take us through one of those trends and, and how it played out? And, and how it, it benefited Hobbytown and its customers. Yeah. Um, well, there's really two things. Um, you know, the toy industry, you know, we really kind of live in two worlds, the hobby industry and the toy industry. Yes, and on the toy right. side, of course, with the demise of Toys R Us, that opened up an opportunity for us and for really all, especially toy retailers, um, to capture some of that market share. So we've always had our toe in the water in the toy industry, um, but we've made a greater emphasis in the last few years, broadening our relationships with vendors and the merchandise mix in the stores. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you are in a perfect position to capture some of those TRU sales, I would think. Uh, mm -hmm. Already established, already well known. It is one of the places that comes to mind when I think of, let's go find the next new toy, Hobbytown. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's something that our, our franchisees, there's varying degrees of emphasis in the stores. We have some franchisees that really just embrace that category. And when you walk in, you might feel like you're more in a toy store than you are in a hobby store. Right. Yes. And then we've got the flip side of that, that the toy portion of the store might be 20% of the store. Mm -hmm. and, and the majority being uh, a lot of RC gearheads that are, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. I, lo I love those stores. That is a hobby that I, I never delve deeply into, but the, the technical aspect of, of uh, some of those radio controlled cars and gasoline powered scale <laughs> cars, that fascinates me, Bob. I, I love that aspect of what you do. Yeah, we actually, we call it nitro. Yeah, and I, yes. I think a lot of those guys do it just for the smell. They love the smell of nitro. <laughs> They've got racing in their DNA and that's just, it brings it out. I think you're right. I think you're right. Let's talk a little bit about that crossover of the hobby industry and the toy industry. Where do you find that those two meet? Um, what are the challenges maybe of, of balancing between what is a hobby and what is a toy in, in your mind? Um, what about that crossroads? Yeah, um, it is different. Um, you know, the the demographic, the customer demographic for the toys, of, of course, is a younger younger demographic um, that's going to use the toys. Of course, the buyers, um, moms and dads, going to be a little bit older then. Right. Right. Um, the hobby side, the thing that's really unique about the hobby side is that it's, I always call it renewable entertainment. You know, you can buy a puzzle or a board game or even a radio control product, and it isn't just 
build it and you're done. Um, you know, we're talking about nitro. Well, right, right. You have a nitro truck. You just need to keep fueling that baby. You just go and buy fuel and keep going. And of course, along the way, you might run into a curb and you need to get some parts. But it's not a throwaway thing. It's it's once you've made that initial investment, it's really economical to keep your hobby going. And that's what the appeal is as you go through these economic fluctuations, you know, um, where people maybe have less discretionary dollars to spend. It's appealing to make that investment into something that they can continue to use and get a lot of a longer life out of that that hobby or that interest. That is a great point. How important are, are generational sales to you? A father introducing his son to radio control planes. Um, is that an, is that a key part of your business? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, I always kind of look more at the model railroad segment in that regard, because usually somebody who comes in and wants to get into that hobby was exposed to it through their father or grandfather. That's right. And that just perpetuates it. That's right. Well, and some fathers and grandfathers ha- have been separated from that hobby for a time. They they have children, but now their children are old enough to enjoy that with them. And it brings them back into the hobby. I love to see that. And I love to see generations come together over many of the hobbies that you offer in your stores. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's. Uh, I can't even think of any product we sell that doesn't um, have that opportunity for engagement with your family. Right, right. So a customer uh, walks into your stores today, walks through the doors. What is important to them right now in this retail environment, in this hobby environment? What is important for you to show in your stores when they walk in? You, you want them to have this emotion or this feeling or know that you stock this item. What's important to them? One word, wow. You know, nice. If, nice. If, somebody's, if somebody's never been in one of our stores, that's usually the response. Yes. And we love to see that on yeah. their face. It's like, wow, I didn't know this stuff existed. Yes. Um, or I haven't seen this since I was a kid. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's that's the first reaction. And then from that point forward, between the staffing and the owners and the franchise stores, it's, it's all about relationship. It's developing that relationship with those customers. You know, we have to give them a reason to not just go sit on the couch and click a button and order something online. That's right. And let's talk about that relationship because it is something that we can offer in a brick and mortar store that is very difficult to pull off in an online environment that relationship. You walk through the door, you know the guy who's helping you fix your car. You know the lady who's helping you put together your RC plane. You know the owner of the store. You can have conversations about what's coming next, what's new, uh, what's coming to the store, special orders, those relationships. How do you support your franchisees to help them find and build those relationships and cultivate those relationships inside their stores? Yeah. So, of course, through the years, we refine our processes and systems for doing that. And so much of it is, you know, a relationship is going to be built on trust. And so we want to be genuine and authentic when we're dealing with our customers. You know, we don't want to sell them something that they don't need or isn't going to be a right fit for them. Um, We want to make them 
lifelong customers. So um, it's that knowledge and expertise that's in the store that gives that customer the opportunity to come in and say, you know, I'm interested in radio control. Well, we can steer them in the right direction to get started, have a great experience, and then just continue to have fun with that hobby or toy or whatever their interest is. Absolutely. Let's talk about drones for a moment, Bob. Drones were a really big hobby, a really big trend, still very mm-hmm. big in, in different different levels. There's there's kind of a low-level hobby drone, and then there's you can get very, very expensive drones. Um, but there's been some regulations that have put in place that have affected you and have affected Hobby Town. Let's talk about the drone trend and, and how you're navigating uh, that, the, dr- the drone trend. Yeah, right. Um, so the date is etched in my brain forever. December 2015, that's when the FAA ruling came out that required uh, pilots to register their um, anything that flies that's over half a pound. Um, and that really changed the market for us immediately and drastically. Mm. Uh, we saw an immediate decline in sales in um, 2016 and 17. 18 and even continued into 2019. Um, We just never recovered those sales um, that we had prior to December 2015. Um, Right now, there's um, discussion going on with the FAA about the remote ID requirements that every aircraft that is over that half pound limitation um, would have a remote ID tracker so they know who's flying it. And so it's the restrictions have really put a damper on that hobby. But um, we've seen a shift in what people are interested in doing now when they come in. There's there's a lot of product that's under that threshold that's really fun. You know, we have small, they call it micro, FPV, first person view yes, uh, drone, right. drone products where, you know, you can do it in a small space. You don't have to worry about these FAA regulations and you can have a ton of fun. Absolutely. That is very interesting. Thank you for that insight, uh, because I I remember that as well. I remember that uh, those regulations being put in place and and wondering about the drone trend in the drone industry. So very, very interesting there. Uh, Bob, thank you for this great conversation. I'll end on this question. What is the future of Hobbytown? Where do you go from here? Well, um, I get asked that question a lot because so much has changed. You know, there's been so much disruption in the hobby and toy industries and so much disruption in retailing, especially brick and mortar retailing. Yes. um, That when I talk to people that are interested in getting started and opening um, a retail store, a franchise store, there's some fear and um, concern about what the future is for brick and mortar retailing. What I can tell you and can tell them is that we've made a lot of changes in our business model, how we market, but more specifically that activity space in the store, getting engaged with customers, getting engaged and involved in the community has made a huge difference. And the, the stores that we've opened in the past couple of years have done record sales and profits for new store starts in our franchise. So um, I think there is definitely a place for brick and mortar hobby and toy stores. And for us, um, it's all about aligning the owner and operator with the business model. You know, when we get the right people in the right seat, these businesses really take off. That's it. Well, and and your business model is designed to be able to pivot quickly, to react to trends quickly. You're listening to your customers, you're building relationships. And uh, look, that's at the heart of 
of retail. That's the heart of sales. That's the, at the heart of putting product in the hands of great customers. So you're doing a great job, Bob. Keep up the great effort, uh, enjoying record growth and, and profitability. So retail is not dead. I think that's that's the takeaway <laughs> from this conversation, Bob. Retail Absolutely. is not dead. You've got to do it right. You've got to build a relationship. You have to interact with the customer and be there for them. But Bob, this has been an absolute pleasure. How can people reach out to you, reach out to Hobbytown, get involved and find their next hobby? Well, of course, um, simply going to hobbytown.com um, will get you your foot in the door. Um, we hope that you will go to the store locator, find a store near you, go check it out. And if you're interested in a franchise, uh, hobbytownfranchise.com has all the details on what it takes to open a Hobbytown franchise store. Fantastic. Bob, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for sharing your story today. And listeners, stay tuned till after the show. Bob's going to share with us a little bit about the core values and the mission of Hobbytown. Very interesting conversation. So stay tuned. Bob, thank you for joining us today. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Phil. I appreciate the opportunity. It's been my pleasure to speak with you today. Thanks, Bob. Thank you for tuning in to the Power Kid Podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And leave a good review on iTunes. This helps us find more great listeners just like you. Remember also to check out the other shows that are a part of the Adventure Media and Events Podcast Network family. This show is brought to you by the Power Kid Design and Development Team. We are a full-service design and development studio serving the toy and game industry for over 20 years. Our partners, large and small, rely on us for invention, concept development, packaging, branding, prototyping, and much more. You can find me on my LinkedIn page, check out the website at PowerKidDesign.com, or email me directly, phil at PowerKidDesign.com. I am always happy to connect and help you develop your next great product. It's been an honor to spend this time with you today. Now go out and make something great. And remember, you are creative because you were created. God bless. And I'll see you next episode. Bob, so glad that you hung on the line here after the show. I wanted you to share with the listeners more about your core values and the mission of, of Hobby Town, because in some ways you are a mission to, to the communities that you are involved with, bringing kids in, giving them new hobbies, educating them in new and different and fun ways. When you learn to put together a radio control car, you are learning life skills. And Bob, that is a part of your DNA. Tell us about your core values. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks, Phil. Um, first off, our mission is uh, make free time awesome. And nice. um, we certainly go. That's a starting point. Um, but we're really interested in how we can be an asset to the community. So here at our corporate office, we've aligned with an organization called Teammates Youth Mentoring, mm -hmm. and, and we encourage all of our franchise operators to get involved in that type of program in their market. There's a lot of youth mentoring programs across the United States, and there's such a need for adults to really engage with the youth in their community. Um, it's the best way you can make a difference 
do something that will be positive for your community, and you can really change lives. I've seen it firsthand. We encourage our employees here to participate, and we have several youth mentors um, on our team. Um, speaking of core values, they're pretty simple. We've got four of them. Lead and serve. Cultivate growth. Bring it every day. And my favorite, keep calm and hobby on. <laughs> I love that word. Words to live by. Talk about lead and serve. I, I really like that first one. In what ways do you expect your franchise owners to lead and serve their communities? And, and in what ways are they involved? Feel free to share stories if you have them. Yeah, you know, I think um, leadership is a quality that can be cultivated in anybody. Um, you know, this idea that there's only natural born leaders, I don't really buy into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that between what we can do to cultivate leadership in our franchisees, that they can pass on to their employees, their staff, and encourage them to just see the opportunity they have every day because we are in contact with young people all the time. And here's an opportunity to, to help somebody find something that is help them discover their interest and their passion and you never know what's going to happen you know when you read biographies about astronauts and engineers and pilots so many of those people got their start in a hobby store that's right Um, yes somebody just lit that ignited that spark that got them going down that career path so we encourage that and it, with all of our franchisees, because it's just such a great opportunity. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I, I love the heart behind that, Bob. Thank you for doing that. As I mentioned, it, it is a type of mission. You go into the communities, you, you connect uh, adults and kids and bring them together, building skills, building relationships. Thank you for sharing that. And we'll take your advice. Let's just keep calm and hobby on. That sounds great, Bob. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. You bet. Thanks again, Phil. Absolutely. <laughs>